You're listening to Tech Talk Central. This is Vicky Colovo for Tech Talk Central from eHealth Forum. And I'm here with Jose Costa Tixera. I'm sorry, that's, I think I didn't okay. pronounce it. Okay. He's an international eHealth expert, works a lot with the European Commission and on different projects. But first of all, welcome. Thank you very much. So tell us what you do. What's your expertise? I work with companies that want to develop software, so I help them in two, in two parts. I show them what are the standards, standards out there, best practices, what I have learned from customer to customer, from project to project, and I show to these companies there is a good track or a preferred track to develop your products, and also on the methodology side, there is a way to set up things so that we can deliver high-quality, good products. So you have a, an ICT background? Yeah. So, okay, so you're more technical. Um, so I wanted to ask you sort of the same questions with all my interviewees. Um, when it comes to interoperability, you obviously understand it on the technical side and you really, really know what that means in your core. So why is it important that a country has a national interoperability framework and sh- should it be compatible with that of the European Commission? Um how do you see that and why is it important, in your, do you believe? Well, if I put myself in the position not, let's say, as the, the technician that wants to put technology at the service of, of, of uh, humanity, of the, of the patient in this case, it's extremely important to have interoperable solutions. Um, if we create data as we are serving a patient, as we are taking care of a patient or their family, uh, every cl- clinical data, administrative data, all of that is important. And if you are creating that, creating that data and the, the data just dies there, it's not very useful for the future. Now, as patients, we, we kind of have the right that this information is reused for the best of our science, for the best of our personal care. So my data should be used everywhere in, in, in research. And for innovation. Everything. Every, for the next so step. There is a huge wealth in, 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 healthcare, in, mm-hmm. in healthcare data. And if the, the applications are interoperable, not only it's my patient care better because the data is there for my use, but also for the future of my own care and for the future of the next generations, that will be better because the information is there and it's exchanged. Using a difficult... I've realized that most people, when you say interoperability, interoperable, even if they're English-speaking, they don't understand. So could you give an example that you might have in your mind where would you want, where is this a factor? Can you give an example where we need one system to be interoperable with another so they can understand what it means? I can give you an example. I'm Portuguese and I'm, I'm working in Belgium at this moment. So half of my record or half of my history is in Portugal, half of it is in, in, is in Belgium. Every time that I go to the doctor in Belgium, I have to say, I'm allergic to this. My vaccines are up to date. Or this mm-hmm. is the, inform- the latest information. This information is something that I would have expected on a European level as a citizen to be there. So I'm actually also doing my best as a citizen to, to try that, that situation mm-hmm. to be solved because I fortunately don't have any serious problems. But I imagine if I were, I also think if I were a patient with serious conditions, this is a very heavy burden on people. So this is one of the examples that we as citizens have kind of the right to expect that this be the direction forward. Well, if you had a chronic disease, you would have to carry all the examinations you've done. Exactly. And honestly, we cannot describe in medical terms exactly what our problems or what treatments we've dealt with. So it is important. I can tell somebody that I might have diabetes, but honestly, I can't go into the depth of it. So not. data and you know, checking, being able to interoperate is yeah. truly important. Um, <clears throat> would you pinpoint a 
country in the European Commission Union that you think is quite forward at that, that is doing a good work and others might be following? Or is it different countries doing different things? What are, you, what are you saying? There is a wealth of, of, of diversity uh, there also in Europe. So some countries are stimulating interoperability by raising different poles of uh, different subjects. For, for example, in France, there is a strong culture of, of uh, integrating systems, but there, there are several challenges. So what they did is regional projects to stimulate better interoperability. Other countries have more of a top-down approach and other countries are just going through the technical part and then seeing what, what comes out of it. So there is a very broad uh, set of approaches in Europe and I think all of them have their contributes. So at the end, we are getting, by crossing all these experiences, we are getting, well, in this case, this works better. In that case, that works much better. Can you make a prediction where would you, when, in how many years do you think Europe might be able to say we are there, we are interoperable, I can take my health, um, the whole, my folder from Greece and come to Portugal and I can have it all there and just log in somewhere and my doctor in Portugal knows everything they have to know about me. Where would you make a prediction on that? I think that question is, is one of the questions that you cannot expect that ever we will be fully integrated there is no, always a yeah. language but in in terms of when it will it be reasonable to, mm-hmm. to to expect things i think there's a lot of of european projects now there's lots of innovation coming from the companies and i think when those two cross the the, the top-down approach from the european commission from the national governments and the innovation that is rapidly growing in the society when those two meet i think we'll have a good set of set of solutions i'm looking at the us in a few years they could set up something like this uh, and I think that in Europe it, it's going to take a few years. I think that in, in 10 years, that's a, a prediction that I have for those two things to meet. Yeah, We'll have enough technological innovation and that technological innovation will eventually reach the point that it's so scattered that it needs harmonization. And at the same time, the top-down approach will dictate that harmonization or will endorse that harmonization. I think the prediction, I, I'd say the same. And um, it's interesting because now you have the car connectivity, the house, Internet of Things. So those will also have to go into the equation because when the house is talking about how healthy is the residence house. So um, standards are needed so they can also communicate. So the 10-year period seems quite reasonable in my head so that all of these come merge to one spot. So... This creates opportunities for e-health companies, even ICT companies that want to go into e-health. So what would you see is a a competitive advantage here in Europe when we're compared to uh, bigger bigger players like those of the States? But please consider when I talk about market, I, I do include China and I do include India and Africa in the long run. So what would you say Europeans need to focus on to be competitive? I think that Europe has a very good baseline of awareness for the differences. So we have different administrative uh, cultural differences. So in Europe, we are we are a very wealthy uh, group of, of nations in terms of exp- cultural experience. So if we can if we can take advantage of that baseline, then we are one step ahead. So I think what would different would, would help us differentiate even more is if we gain the, the the innovation capability from the ground, from companies to to um, to put forward that the, the the experience that they have into concrete products. If we can if we can address that, I think we have a very good combination. So concretely, if a European company that is usually dealt with uh, dealing with 
several languages, several kinds of, of, of um, systems, public, mm -hmm. si public system or private system, uh, several migration uh, flows that, uh, that do affect all these things. Um, so if we, if we take that experience and if we start innovating around that, if we say, okay, I want to make a system that's not for the masses, I want to make a system that is flexible enough, I think that if we do that in Europe, we have a very good advantage compared to, for example, China, where they, they have, uh, let's say, from what I know, a different uh, set of cultures or a different, yep. different uh, mix yes. of, of cultures. And in the US, where it's more homogeneous in terms of language, in terms of systems. Mm -hmm. So I think we are in a good position if we take advantage of the, the baseline that we have and the, um, let's say, the innovation that we, that we want to gain traction. Yes. Um, okay, that's a, that's a good step. So let me take you to medical software certification. It's a question I've actually asked every single interviewee and every single one has given me a different answer. So that shows me we're at still at the beginning. Um, my initial question was it was derived from an NHS uh, list with applications that was published on the website but now has been downloaded from there, has been taken off, where around 33% of their apps, according to an Imperial College study, were transmitting data unsecure, which is weird, strange. It shouldn't be happening. So that just brings up something we all know in ICT that has important security and privacy. And there is, we know that, G, that a lot of the models, transmission models do have encryption, but it seems they're not using it or something. Um, and it's impossible for a simple user or a doctor who subscribes an application to test if there's an encryption. So I've heard that the laws are there. There are laws, there are regulations. What's the problem or how should it be dealt with? I think the biggest challenge now is that the law says medical devices have to follow these conditions. But where do I place my product? Is it inside or outside of that border? That's currently the big discussion. And I think it's a very tri tricky discussion. So if we want to, to, to start with that, it's going to be always very difficult to say, well, this is a medical device, this is not a medical device. Um, there are some discussions there if we talk about applications or appliances, uh, smartphone apps uh, that, that take care of my uh, exercise patterns or they take care of my medication. Are these medical uh, apps, we can discuss it for some time, but are these medically relevant applications? Yes. Even the, the jogging application that we use, we, we put it on Facebook. So that is, that, that's an implicit consent, but what does Facebook do, do with that data? Yes. So there's always, I think that there are some mechanisms to manage the app, no longer on the monolithic uh, scale, but on the atomic data element. So I provide my data, my jogging data to um, to a, a repository, what, sh what should we do with that? So I think that the, the boundary is going to be first on the application types, which we have something, we are defining some boundaries. Radiology applications are typically mm -hmm. uh, protected, let's say uh, mm -hmm. medical applications, almost by definitions. Um, other applications like medication applications, they are on the borderline. A prescription might be, but my, exactly. my personal application might not be yet. Uh, so I think we are going to define that cluster of, of, let's say, that, that border between the clusters, medical or non-medical device, but also an important step would be what happens with the data or with the input and output data in terms of privacy, etc., because some, some of the constraints from healthcare data do apply not to the application itself, but to the data that it creates. And something that I use for leisure, for entertainment purposes, it's okay not to consider that data. 
as a, as a medical device. But the same application, if I want to report it to my physician, then maybe the application has to enter a different path. So this is just one thought on, on this. I think it's a, it's a very interesting matter to follow over the next few years. And lots of things are at play, so it's it's good to follow that discussion. There's a lot of thoughts because, you know, like Karima Bourquard said that maybe who's the end user, um, how the data is being used and who's being affected by it because it might be something quite simple that doesn't look serious, but... Um, where is it leading? I was just, you were talking and I was thinking, what if you have a robot in your house that is helping you around and reports about what you've been doing unencrypted? Seriously? I wouldn't want that to happen. I'd have no way to check it. And if suddenly my insurance company knew my bad habits, that affects me. So I would want this to be taken really seriously. I agree. Sometimes it's ethical. It's not really... So much medical, but ethical, because people, when they learn how the data can be used, that's when they really get scared. Yeah, and actually that's going back a bit to the, to the question of standards and how this can help, because standards and best practices are also learning from these things. So the discussions tend to be, when we are addressing, let's say, a prescription or a radiology report, uh, immediately the, the working group, they start thinking about what happens in terms of privacy. If you talk about aggregating data for, for, for statistical purposes, what are we doing in terms of statistics, in terms of data protection on this? So it's very interesting also to, to follow the, the, the standardization efforts on, on this, not on what should be uh, considered protected or not, but on the way that you want to protect regardless of what it is. So if you want tomorrow to protect uh, jogging uh, data, then you do it mm -hmm. and you will do it in, in specified conditions so I think it's, it's, there is good information there uh, that's being created good very good discussions that are happening and uh, yeah, if, we can, if we can move forward on that, on that discussion I think it will help us all probably opens up the conversation the same as food where you got the labeling and you got all those laws that say exactly what's included in the food yep. what are the additives and um, all that stuff so maybe applications should come with such a label which says exactly how you're transmitting your data, where they're going. So once person use it, uses it, knows exactly what's happening. Because I, I'm willing to share my data anonymously to help medicine. Yeah. Honestly, I would. I'm very willing. Uh, I just don't want my name on it. So I think most people are like that. A common I think denominator. So. And the problem is, the, the, let's say the, the 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 interesting things or the complications that happen is that you say I don't want my name on it, but do you agree your phone number, which eventually can be tracked to yes, that, or do you yeah. put your your yeah, postal yeah. code that in some countries is pretty much uh, identifying your yes. family? So the, 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 there are all all sorts of questions, and there is already uh, some discussions on keeping track of that. I provide my information, but I want to to know exactly where it goes, and every yeah. time that it gets split, I want to, to, to follow that. There yes. are standards that are, that are addressing this. That is true. On the matter of medication, uh, on, the, on the food, for example. Uh, yes, if you have uh, some, there are some interactions between food and, and medications. Yeah. So if you have just a food application, a diet, a nutrition application, it might be very interesting to see the, the, the change of, of uh, food habits uh, yeah. in, the, in the patient conditions. Maybe there, there is some interaction with the medication application. So everything is connected at the end. And that's the beauty of it. The patient is the center of everything. Yes, that's true. Before it was just an administrative statement. Now it's really the reality. The data is all coming around the patient. And we must take care that regardless of how many applications, one or a thousand, everything that comes around the patient is protected if it has to be protected so i think there's lots of things that we are lots of doors that we are opening now for discussion it, it's an opportunity monitoring habits and monitoring the little things can make big changes yes. in medicine i agree i am also an ict person so 
I agree on that. But we always have to protect people and not only protect, do what TTC actually does, disseminate and get this knowledge out there so they can understand. So uh, one more question before we go. Um, speaking with Henrik Martins from Portugal, I did uh, learn what's happening with the health strategy. But I've never, since you're in Belgium, do they have an e-health strategy? And what do you know about it? Yeah, uh, Brussels is I'm, the center of all these decisions. I'm, what I'm, are they doing? I'm not based in Brussels, so I've, I'm even further from Oh, I from thought you're Belgian. Oh, you're not based I, in I'm, Brussels. I'm, I'm, based, I'm based in Ghent, so uh, oh, okay. it's, it's, uh, it's not that far. Um, and I left Portugal quite some time ago, so I have a uh, few connections there. I'm trying to reinforce those connections, so I, I'm not maybe the best person to answer what is the e-health strategy there. But what I notice is that there is a very active community there. The moment that you post something and we are going to start an initiative, we are going to do this, we are going to do that, there's lots of people eager to respond to that. So Portugal is also by definition a kind of a multicultural uh, aware uh, nation. We have uh, lots of countries with, with, yes, with lots true. of business and we are in a corner that we cannot afford to be isolated also for, for several reasons. So it's, it st stimulates that we are aware of what's happening out there. So it, it's a good uh, it's a good place to 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 see these things going, and there is at least an awareness. I'm, I'm sure that there is a strategy to push to push forward some things. Um, I do not know the the, the scope of that. How about strategy. Belgium? Belgium, I ask you, uh, what do you see in Belgium as living there? Do they have a new health as a strategy? Patient, as a patient, I, I'm not aware of this. I, so I don't. I'm, I'm yeah. working for international projects, so I'm, I'm not... Um, you don't, you're I'm very young. Engaged. By the way, people can't see you, but you're still young to have any... And I wish you don't have any problems. No, as a patient, I don't have any... I, I know that the, 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 the Belgian system seems uh, integrated in, well integrated in some mm -hmm. things. There is the, the, the Flemish part and the French part. I do not know how well they are integrated or not. Uh, but normally the systems they are designed in Belgium for 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 all the three national languages, for all the three uh, for all the three ways of of doing things, and as a nation, Belgium is is quite uh, quite you, moving forward. But you, I think you just pinpointed the problem. The problem is that you learn about this once you become a patient, yes. which usually means you're not at your best and you're not feeling really great, and then you get into a system that isn't optimized for you to make you feel better. This is why forums like these and conversations like these and communications are important. So you're working to make this better and seamless so easy for everybody. I could not agree more. I mean, this kind of forum is, is exactly what, where we want to, to share this experience to make sure that uh, people are aware of each other's experience, good or bad experience, that we say, hey, we've done this and, well, in our case it worked well, but maybe in your case it will not work well. This is why I think this kind of, of initiatives are extremely important. And I'm very grateful for the great organization. And uh, I think it's it's a good thing to share these experiences. As you say, it's it's only when we are patients. Now, as a patient that is conscious and and knows the language is one thing. But if a patient is in, in debilitating conditions, this is tragic. And as citizens, we all have, I mean, besides decision makers, as citizens, we have a, a strong set of responsibilities to push our situation, our solution a bit forward. And I think this is, it's good that the, I've, I've seen the level of energy and commitment here in Greece and I'm very happy to see such a dynamic uh, group and to such a dynamic set of people exchanging experience and saying, okay, we are going, we are actually not going to do, we are already doing something. So I'm, I'm very happy to see that. That's good. That's, it's interesting. And just for their listeners, I must say with uh, Jose, we have promised each other we'll exchange houses because he likes Greece and I love Portugal. So that sounds uh, like a very good deal for me. <laughs> For me too. Um, so thank you very much for being with us, Jose. Um, this was Vicky Colovo for Tech Talk Central, and I was speaking with Jose Costa Tex Texera.
Is that right? Good. That's it. Can you pronounce your surname? Teixeira. Teixeira. I got it wrong. So he's an international health expert and he works with uh, EU projects. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. You're listening to Tech Talk Central. 